0: Today's guest is Amy Moulton, director of the West Custer County Library. She's been in that position for five years, a Valley resident for about 14 years. Uh, Amy, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Gary.
0: Now I know this was before your time at the library, but how long has the library been here and what brought it into existence?
1: It actually started in the courthouse building and uh, there was it was run by volunteers completely, and then uh, on Main Street here there was a building uh, that was set aside for the women's club. Dorothy Tinkham donated that to that organization, and what was interesting is um, the women in this in this community didn't go to the restaurants with their husbands, those were primarily for men. And so they needed a place to go. <laughs> so they created this women's club, this this uh, place for women to go when, when they came into town with their husbands. And uh, they did start an informal library there. When the time came that a library was needed, that group, the Columbine Club and the Women's Club, donated the space next to that, which was actually a fire break there on Main Street. Mm. And and then eventually donated the what's considered the community room space now to the library as well. Actually, they sold it to us for a dollar. <laughs> so it's actually been in, in existence for over 65 years. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: That, that's amazing. Now, uh, as the uh, director of a library, I must ask this question. Uh, what type of books do you personally favor? when you go home at <laughs> night. What,
1: what is on your reading table? You know, I really go for the sci-fi, I do. Mm-hmm. I love sci-fi and uh, actually I also enjoy young adult books. They're, they're so well written, uh, especially in the last 10 years or so that there are a number of us at the library that are <laughs> young adult book fans.
0: So uh, perhaps I'm a, a little older than you. In fact, I would <laughs> wager that that's the case. But when I think of the sci-fi I like, it's uh, Heinlein, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, uh, Bradbury, some of those uh, older ones. How about you?
1: Well, uh, I've actually been going for some of the more current authors, although I love Frank Herbert Uh and Dune, especially the first two or three books. But uh, some of the classic authors are wonderful as well, and we still keep them at the library because they hold up. So uh, let me ask
0: let's say that I'm new to the valley and I stop by the library to find out what the library is all about. Uh, What's your elevator pitch?
1: (laughs) The library is a community hub. I think libraries have changed a good deal from what people think of, what people think of the stereotype of libraries, but it's not just a warehouse for books. We connect people in the community that have similar interests. We also just because we're in this small rural community and we're away from <laughs> some of these metropolitan areas, we still have access to a ton of materials. Actually, in the last three years, we've put a new system into place called AspenCat, and we have about 11,000 materials here at our library. But through that union catalog of more than 100 libraries in the state, people have access now to 1.4 million books and audiobooks and DVDs. We can order those, they can order those from home and we give them a call when they come in. But beyond that, you know, there are so many people in the community that have unique and uh, wonderful experiences and they're able to share that with with others in the community. So we often tap that for our events and classes so people can can learn from who we have right here in the valley.
0: So what are the libraries? Biggest areas of focus for the coming year?
1: We have the Winter Adult Reading Program coming up. We're really excited about that. That's gonna be running January through March. Um, One new thing, I wouldn't say it's a focus as much as something kind of revolutionary that we're doing. Uh, That started January 1st, and basically we've lifted fines on all um, children and youth materials and all non-new adult materials at the library. The hopes there really are that we can remove barriers for people in the community, especially those low-income families and individuals that need the library the most, so people even who have fines coming into this year, if there are those types of materials, they can come to the library and have those removed. (laughs) And yeah, we want to encourage people to come to the library, so that's excellent. And of course, we're in the process, we're working with the friends of the library to start up services for housebound individuals and we're, we're uh, feeling very passionate about that and hopeful that that will be in place before the end of this year.
0: And uh, you've started up the adult reading program?
1: Yes, yes, so that's something we've done um, in the last few years in the summer, but people have been so busy, they haven't had the opportunity to take part in that. So we've moved it to the winter when it's a great time to cuddle up with a good book and uh, encourage people to read and do library related tasks in order to earn prizes and we have uh, local restaurants and stores that have donated excellent prizes for folks so uh, they can stop by anytime after January 11th and pick up a bingo card and start filling that out.
0: It's great for the winter time when uh, activities in the valley are less than the summer for sure. So what's the biggest hidden gem at the library? Something that's largely unknown by parts of the community?
1: We just finished digitizing oral history interviews going back to the 1960s. We were able to save more than 150 interviews dating back to that time period. These are wonderful, exciting, interesting interviews, with some, some of them with really weird stuff. But these are people who have been in the Valley for long term who have, played a part in making it what it is now and they are sharing the experiences of coming to this area even coming across the prairie and wagons I mean this is just amazing stuff so we have made so far 20 of those available on our website under local oral history interviews and we'll be making even more of those available in the near future.
0: That's great to capture that history and some of these folks, I suspect, are probably not around any longer.
1: No. I mean, we have people like Archie Hess and Arno Hartbauer. Uh, we have a wonderful interview with Bett Kettle talking about Francis Kettle and, and we're actually looking forward to playing that for Bette again. And an interview with Betty Munson. I mean, these are all people that people here know about and actually have relatives still in the Valley who I think would really enjoy hearing those.
0: Now, that sounds interesting. Now, let me ask you, when I was in junior high and high school, the library was an important friend to me. But things have really changed. Uh, In this age of the ubiquitous cell phone linked to the internet, digital books on Nooks and Kindles, with infinite movies and shows available on Netflix, what is your biggest challenge in staying relevant to kids, and how are you overcoming that?
1: Well, we have a wonderful ally in our youth services librarian, Jessica Carter, who listens to the kids. We talk to them. We find out what it is that would be helpful for them, what it is that they would enjoy. And so uh, I think that's been a, a major part of it. Uh, and I think that's true in general with libraries staying relevant to communities. I think some of it, too, I think people thought that with ebooks. Coming on the market and becoming so popular initially that libraries would become irrelevant, we're finding that's simply not true. A matter of fact, there are some libraries that started up that were ebook only, that were digital only, and those are having to close because they don't have the the print books available. So I think it's important for us to watch the trends and make sure that we're making everything available that the the kids and adults are looking for without getting rid of the key things that people have always valued in libraries, like print books.
0: We're a big fan of Jessica here at the radio station. She's a DJ. Yes, she and is. And she also hosts the uh, Friday Night Teen Takeover, and that's a, that's a great show. Let me follow up on something you said. You know, the death of the physical book was loudly heralded with the advent of ebooks as you said, but they're still widely used by bibliophiles like myself, how big a place do actual books play in the library strategy?
1: Actually, they are here to stay. We are purchasing more books than we did, even when eBooks came along, because that's what people are asking for. That's what they're checking out. I think we've changed our strategy somewhat since I've been at the library, and that we are making sure that we are purchasing a lot more new books, and that we are removing books that don't earn their space on the shelves. So there's no reason to hold a book that nobody's read in five years. Granted, you don't get rid of the classics. And uh, we want to make sure that we have a variety of topics in our nonfiction, but we want to keep all of it new and relevant.
0: So you keep an eye on trends. What type of readers are we here in the valley? Do we prefer classics or the modern? Do we uh, look for fiction or nonfiction? Can you make any generalizations?
1: Well, of course, uh, this valley has diverse readers, so we get a little of everything, but I will say I think the most popular are our mysteries and our westerns. I do think fiction still holds its own over nonfiction, but we do have those that really enjoy nonfiction as well.
0: My favorite part of the library is the section that has new books. Yes. I like to go in there every couple weeks and see see what's new in the, and the rotation is pretty, pretty good on that. So you get a lot of new books, it, it looks like to me. Uh, let me ask, does our rural library have challenges that are not seen in urban libraries?
1: Absolutely. We don't tend to have the kind of funding available that urban libraries do. Uh, so we, we do rely on our mill levy, and we rely heavily on the donations and support of our community. Thank goodness this community values its library, and so what that's done, it's been able to help us stay relevant and add new services and keep on growing. Uh, even in these last five years when we've seen a sluggish economy and sluggish revenues at the library, it's been donations that have kept us going. What's
0: been the most well-received event or offering of the library during your tenure?
1: Some of the most well-received have been teen programs. We have some amazing fun things, like we have something coming up that's a, a glow party, and it's all black lights and dance, and you think, okay, this is a library. How is this relevant? But we actually connect it to books in the library, and we often give books as prizes at these events. So that type of thing has been really popular. Actually, it was really fun. We had some local authors come in and we invited the kids to come in and interview them. We kind of did a speed date with an author. Now, obviously we're not talking dating, but but they would go around from table to table and they could ask them questions about how they could become better writers. So while we're offering the fun things, we're also offering educational things and the kids are responding. So we're really excited about that. Beyond that, some of the more exciting um, and well-attended events have been in partnership with our uh, local historical society.
0: Again, uh, the library as a meeting place is, yes. is pretty important. Let me ask you about the historical. Uh, you've got local historical resources, the old newspapers, and other historical archives uh, in your files. You've mentioned the interviews that you're putting up on the on the web. How have folks used all of this historical information?
1: Well, of course, we have people coming from other areas as well as people who live here and doing a lot of genealogical research, and we love to help them with that. We have people, uh, authors, who come to, to do research for their books, and uh, we often have high school students that will come down for for a project. We're we're actually also looking at opportunities to use this material to uh, provide more local history information to middle schoolers and, and grade schoolers as well.
0: As we near the end here, is there anything else the community should know about the offerings at the library?
1: Well, there are a number of programs that are going on month to month that everybody's welcome to try. We have our play to learn group for infants through pre through K and their caregivers, and those are usually on the first Mondays uh, at 11 o'clock. Guided play is fantastic for kids and their learning as well as, of course, just free play. We also have a, a very popular camp happiness program that is now for kindergarten through third graders. And we have not only those monthly fun events I talked about with the teenagers, but also for our high schoolers, we're teaching them life skills with our How to Adult series. So that's everything from having your first apartment to money management, uh, basic cooking skills, how to interview. So anybody can go to our website at westcusterlibrary.org, take a look at the calendar and see what we have coming up.
0: That sounds great. Uh, Amy, thanks for coming in today.
1: Thank you, Gary.
0: And I would encourage uh, folks from the community, if you haven't been to the library in a little while, go check it out. There's always a lot of new things going on. We've been talking with Amy Moulton, director of the West Custer County Library, uh, who's been in that position for the last five years. We'll see you next time on Valley Views.